Welcome back to another episode of Lifelong Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi O'Brien, and thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Today, I have an interview in store for you all. I'm actually bringing my friend back on the show. She is an expert in all things fertility, hormones, hypothalamic amenorrhea. I know that is a total mouthful. I probably butchered the name of it. But anyways, Mishi Rosencrantz is joining me on the show for round two. Mishi is a certified health coach and holistic HA practitioner. After years of extreme dieting, living by societal standards, and being at war with her own body, she finally got out of survival mode and discovered how to trust her body again when she went on her own healing journey after losing her period for years. Now, through the confidence she gained by learning to trust her body combined with her experience as a holistic health coach, she's on a mission to restore as many periods as possible and show women their bodies aren't broken, but strong, vital, and wise. She believes that the body literacy is not only empowering, but healing. Mishi lives in Florida with her husband Dave and Frenchie Yoda. Like I said, Mishi is a friend of mine. She is someone who lights up every room that she walks in. She has such a calming presence. I know that you all are going to love this episode. We're going to be talking about toxic wellness culture. So with that, please join me in welcoming Mishi Rosencrantz. Mishi, you're a champ for overcoming food poisoning and hopping on a podcast interview and a webinar all in one day. Well, I was just telling you, like, I literally woke up today and I was like, I am never going to, like, take advantage of good health ever again. I feel like every time I get sick, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know what I had when I had it. So I feel so much better. I do not wish food poisoning on anybody. (laughs) So glad you're feeling better. And I know exactly what you mean with that outlook where, you know, the the day-to-day, I think it's sometimes we forget to really appreciate the good days, which are most days. And then on those awful days where we're feeling our worst, all we want is to feel good. So totally get that. What is new with you? since the last time you were on the show. I mean, I know the scoop, but the audience listening, they should all go check out the first episode you and I did together. We're going to do round two today, talking about toxic wellness, learning the language of your body. But is there anything you want to update the audience about before diving into those topics? Yeah. I mean, and if I forget something, let me know. I'm not as good about, I guess, talking about my accomplishments and achievements as I should be. But anyways, since the last time we talked, I did get my certification. So my HAP certification, which is I'm a certified holistic hypothalamic amenorrhea practitioner now, which I'm so excited. I mean, I was practicing before helping women with hypothalamic amenorrhea, but having that extra certification specific to the clients that I work with just takes my practice to like a whole new level, which I then also, I joined forces with the HA Society. So Danny and Ashley, who co-own the HA Society, they had an established practice helping women with hypothalamic amenorrhea. And it was just like a no brainer for me to, you know, jump on board with them. They're the best in the business in, you know, my own personal opinion. And I've been just like 
learning so much from them. I've been so humbled in my just my career with helping women with hypoglycemic amenorrhea by just working with them, how they have transformed the lives of like so many women. And I just am really grateful to be with them and being able to have a much further reach than what I was when I was on my own. That's a big one. I mean, super exciting. You know how proud I am of you. And I think anyone who gets the opportunity to work with you is a lucky individual because you're just so naturally inspiring and easy to talk to. And that kind of brings me into today's conversation about toxic wellness culture. You and I both are in the wellness space and we're both very aware of how balance is a thing that's talked about a lot but it's very hard to find in a space where things are dangled in your face all day long feels like you're not doing enough there's things being programmed into your subconscious without you even knowing maybe it's influencing your daily habits or your purchasing decisions unbeknownst to you. Toxic wellness, what does that mean to you? I feel like a toxic wellness is, man, it's, it's really hard for me to define. I feel like it's just like living in, a, in an extreme, living in the black and white and not having the ability to sit in the middle. It's also toxic wellness is looking so outside of yourself for all of the answers, how it makes us continue for that search outside of ourselves, how it continues to keep us in the black and the white, and, you know, how it keeps us distracted. What do you think is perpetuating this toxic wellness culture? I think it's a combination of a few things. I think that, you know, just our modernity, so just the way that our city is, it's the go, 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 it's the busyness. And I think that keeps us distracted from focusing on like, you know, understanding our bodies, listening to our bodies. And it keeps us distracted from, which I think is like the root root of toxic wellness is like being able to sit with our pain and our emotions and our feelings and being able to really sit with those and be able to process them. But the more distracted we can be, then we don't have to sit with those and process those. I think a lot of the people in the wellness industry got into it with like great intentions. Like there were no ill intentions behind what they're doing. I think that sometimes what happens and this isn't the case for you or just is this is again this is a very generalized thing if what sometimes happens is the underlying maybe i'll use an example things like dietitians and nutritionists and things of that nature a lot of them are dealing with disordered eating or they're dealing with eating disorders and you know they got into this because they were like really into health you know and they mm -hmm. were obsessed with health and they maybe they had their own journey with health or things like that. But what happens is they came into it with a disordered mindset and they never really addressed that disorder fully. And then they're coming mm -hmm. into, you know, the our, you know, the wellness space and they're preaching and coaching through disordered eating. But it's 
so normalized in our world that it's really, it's hard to catch it when it's happening. Because I think just within wellness culture in general, you, there are things that like, you know, restriction. So maybe you're on a protocol that still is a form of restriction in some ways. And that's, that's seen as like a good thing or maybe exercise. Exercise is a great thing, but if it's taken too far, that can also be detrimental to your health as well. So I, I always refer to it as like the walking unwell, like they, on the mm. surface, everything looks great and they're, they're doing everything to a T, but underneath the hood, things aren't so great. And when I'm talking about like underneath the hood, I'm talking about mentally talking about, you know, does this person have, like, if we're talking about a female in general, like, does, does she have a menstrual cycle? Like, and if she does, is she ovulating? What if, does she have optimal hormone levels or is she operating from suboptimal hormone levels, but looks the part? I feel like I went on a tangent there and I had a point and I don't think I touched on it. She has the Stanley, the mug, and she's going to Pilates class and she's posting her Instagram picture of her bone broth and she's doing all these different things and she seems like this image of health, but there's like this super broken person in there as well. But then we're all, and I keep talking about Instagram, which is probably being, probably annoying, but it's a huge part of this. It's a huge it part of this. It is a huge, huge part of this because so many of us are on it and it is where we're getting influenced. I mean, just think about it, like influencers, like it doesn't matter if you're like, like the most mentally sound person and you know yourself through and through, you can still be influenced if you're hanging out on Instagram enough. And it is like, and especially if like you're in our world, we're probably following a lot of other, you know, like-minded people, a lot of wellness influencers. My feed is all wellness. And that's what I was kind of addicted to was like a, being it's, addicted to like consuming the latest and greatest information about health and wellness. <laughs> no, same. And I, it's tough because like, it's tough because I, we're like part of it. There's not a clear solution. <laughs> There's not totally a clear solution. I think what happens is that there is this, even in the holistic realm, that there is still this belief that we need all of this external help, that we need something so outside of us like I know specific to me I was constantly searching for holy grail of health and it's the same stuff that you're going to get in diet culture of just being like you know what this diet didn't work but it's going to be the next diet it's going to be the next diet and when you're halfway through a diet that's not working for you a new trend or a new diet comes out and you jump on that the same thing is happening in the the you know holistic and functional wellness world where it's just like all the time things are popping up it's this week it's red light therapy next week it's cold plunging next it's parasite cleanses in in cgms and you name it and it just continues mm -hmm. to make health seem so outside of us like we needed this magical mineral from some mountain in peru in order to solve our problems you get that magical mineral and you're just like wait I still am the same me. I still have the same symptoms. I still have all of these things. And it's just this perpetuating cycle of making you feel like you're not enough. But I guess to my actual original point is it, it keeps us feeling like our bodies are broken and keeps us feeling like our Ooh. bodies are unable to self-regulate themselves. And if we continue to fall into that belief, which is the same model that you're going to get from the medical Western medicine, same thing you're going to get from diet culture. 
is all this belief that your body, you have to be at war with your body, you have to be fighting against your body, and that your body isn't able to do what it was actually designed to do. Wellness culture is just doing that. It's just a wolf's in sheep's clothing. Like, it's mm. the exact same thing. You're leaving <laughs> me speechless. No, this is really... This is really big stuff, and I hope the audience is taking notes. And I would imagine that there are some people listening that might feel resistant to even taking this information in because it's almost like a brutally honest truth. Yeah, but truth can feel confronting. When I started becoming aware of all of this stuff, well, I guess before I did, but I would hear people, you know, like us having a conversation like this. And instantly, I would either unfollow them, I would, like, if it was a podcast, be like, nope, not listening to that podcast anymore. Whatever it was, I was just so resistant to it. And I think a lot of it had to do with the state of my nervous system at that time, right? Because it was just rejecting anything that would change that fact. But also, more so, it was threatening my identity. And I had mm. built a whole identity around being this, like, I guess at the time that I'm thinking about that I'm referencing as I tell the story is like when I was like on the ketogenic diet and I literally thought it was like, this is the holy grail of health. And I, when I started hearing people like speak up against it and I would just, I would get so angry and I'd be like, they have no idea what they're talking about. Like they just don't understand the science behind it, yada, yada. But it was like, I had built up this whole identity around like being, I guess a ketogenic person or just like a low carb person. But yeah, it's like, I think there's an identity piece that if you're hearing this and it feels really confronting to you, I think it's the identity that you feel is being threatened. And I think we always have to remind ourselves too that like, we're not health. Like that's not who we are. There's mm -hmm. actually a person, a soul, who is underneath that, that isn't defined by the physical world. You have so much more to offer than what you look like, than what your career is, or what your title is, or what type of wellness influence you are, influencer you are, so. Yeah, no, this is really, really good. I, I will say that using myself as an example again, just because I know a lot of people listening are probably going through like some chronic or have gone through some type of chronic health issue that's been really scary. And okay, so my, my the, the trouble I have is, let's say there's a person who has chronic health issues going on. Maybe they're going through mold illness. They know that their livelihood, and they're open to, you know, information. They know that their livelihood is going to depend on making lifestyle changes that will help them. There's a threshold of, of good that you can do that is beneficial, especially if you're going through a chronic health issue. But where do you draw the line? That balance, I think, can be really hard to find, especially if you're really, really not feeling well. You're like, I will literally do anything. I will eat snails. I will do, you know, stand outside in the ice cold weather for 12 hours, you know, whatever, some crazy stuff. And I know people listening will maybe resonate because when you've been in that point of being so unwell, you literally will do anything and you're hungry for that information and you're eager to try different things. But it's just so darn hard, I think, to find that balance of where is it too far? I feel like ask me in six months, I might have a different answer to this, but I can only go off of my own personal experience. 
as well and the experience I have working with other women, but I think it's a pendulum. And like, as it's because even when we're working with clients in HA recovery, you know, they're coming from one extreme, which is, you know, disorder eating, under eating, just doing all of the things that are putting them in a low energy availability state. And now to get them out of that, you do have to swing the pendulum to the other side where you're you're in a surplus so that you so it's this extreme in in certain cases i don't know a lot about mold illness or what that takes to get somebody out of that but i think it's that understanding that you know in some certain circumstances there will be this need to swing the pendulum to the other side but also knowing that both of those extremes aren't healthy so that it's like being able to then find balance between both of those extremes. And I think, you know, on the other side of that coin, it is if you're starting some sort of protocol and it's super, super overwhelming, then it's trying to do the things that you have the capacity to do in that current moment. And the things that are adding stress to your, to your plate is just, you know, worrying about those later. Build your foundation and then take little teeny baby steps. Like something that we say in our practice all the time is like slow is fast. Go as slow as you need to because the stress that you're adding on to yourself to be perfect is going to be more detrimental to your health than whatever else you're trying to do for your health. So I I, I think it's kind of That's like- so true. Twofold in a sense of just depending. And here's the other thing too that I think is missing from like all of the information that we're, you know, seeing every single day is context and nuance add your context to to whatever situation you're in like if you're seeing a lot of health information that's telling you you need to do x y and z specific to you know our clients you know there's a lot of information like health information that's just talking about like if you're sedentary your brain chemistry changes like if if you're whatever it is and it's just like oh but part of their protocol is like they need to you know, in 90% of the cases, like omit exercise completely. And so they see that information and they're like, oh my gosh, my brain chemistry is changing. It's like, no context, context. I bet you if you sat down and had a conversation with that person who made that post and you told them about what you were going through and where your health was at, they'd probably be like, absolutely. Exercise is probably not a great idea for you. And so I think we just take things and we just like run with them. We don't add our own context to it. So I think, like I said, there's two extremes and sometimes you need to swing to the other side to get out of the situation that you are in. Something we've been talking about lately a lot is like HGMA testing. And so for that, when, you know, if your minerals are super, super tanked, there's going to be a period of time where you need to have a very therapeutic dose of certain minerals like sodium or potassium, just depending on what your results come back as. So there is a certain protocol that, you know, you would need to follow for a certain amount of time. But the thing is, which goes back to being like getting to that other side of the pendulum, if you can't go there straight away, baby step your way there and always checking in with yourself, like is trying to be here, like, to the, uh, to the other side, like stressing me out. And is there right. a smaller step that I can take to get there? The pendulum is a great, a really great visual because it helps, let's use the example of mineral balancing. Let's say the person's minerals are so low. They're, like you said, they're going to need a bit of a boost for a period of time 
but it's not forever. And eventually they'll be swinging in the middle again. I'm loving what you're saying. I completely agree with the bio-individualized approach. I think that's one of the banes of social media's existence right now is just the band-aid blanketed solutions to very complex, personalized, I don't want to say problems, but imbalances, challenges. Yeah, no, this conversation is is really, really great. You, I know, are a big proponent for learning the language of your body. Do you have any mm -hmm. tips for women listening? Ways yeah. women can learn the language of their body. Kind of like how like we kind of started this conversation about just being, I think that honestly, the biggest root of toxic wellness culture is us being so disassociated from our bodies and like the inability to process our emotions or the inability to realize that we were never taught to, or never, I guess, yeah, taught growing up, having the skills to cope with our emotions to self-regulate ourselves, things of that nature. So there are some complexities to this route, but to be able to start to understand the language of your body, I think the first thing is really, and this is applicable to men and women, obviously, would be to just slow down. I think there's so much messaging out there that makes us feel like we're not doing enough. I think there's so much messaging out there just being like, you need this thing, you need that thing. And it's like, actually, less is better. The less you can do is going to be so much more beneficial for your health than feeling like you need to do the red light therapy. You need to do the cold plunging. You need to have the CGM. Like, just you need to do all of these things. But in all actuality, you probably just need to do just check it. Do you have your foundations in place? Let's start there. Do just the foundations. Do less and just slow down as much as you can. And for more... For women specifically, the best way to, you know, understand and learn the language of our body is using your menstrual cycle. It's our fifth vital sign. And we're so lucky as women. I know so many of us are just like, they hate their menstrual cycles, but we're so lucky as women to have that because men don't have, you know, the constant feedback. Every single day we are getting feedback from our menstrual cycle. And I think, you know, because there's no education behind our menstrual cycle or women's health or what's going or just our bodies in general that mm -hmm. a lot of women are probably just like I have no idea what you're talking about like what are these signs and symptoms that I'm getting from my menstrual cycle that are giving me feedback but so things just like your basal body temperature is going to give you so much insight into your metabolism your hormone levels such as estrogen and progesterone like are you eating enough are you exercising too much? Like it's going to tell you like the lifestyle that you're living, is it actually working for you or against you? And I think a lot of the messaging that we're getting, we're really operating off of conditioning and not our biology. We are so disconnected from our biology that we have no idea how to eat and move for our own body. But if you have the tools tracking your menstrual cycle and understand what you're looking for, you don't have to like, second guess things you'll know like oh i'm probably not eating enough i probably need to eat more protein i probably need to eat more carbs and you don't need some sort of macro calculator to tell you these things like it's like oh i have this biofeedback that's coming from my body telling me there's something is off and it's not sometimes it's not going to be like you know immediately it's going to be and just that's the way that 
you know, women's hormones work is we work on like a, you know, 28, you know, depending on your cycle length, but like 28 to 35 day cycle, it mm-hmm. might take you a little while to understand. You might make an adjustment and you might have to wait an entire cycle to see what that feedback is. So, and I don't think a lot of people like that because we like quick fixes. We like quick hits of information, but this is something that like, it requires you to slow down and it requires you to be in tune and with your body all of the time and not just some of the time. Wow, the body truly is so intelligent. And I mean, the woman's body is just beyond intelligent and miraculous all at once. And I think beyond toxic wellness culture, there's a lot of other toxicities, which we don't necessarily need to dive into, but like our, our you know, medical system, the pharmaceutical industry, different industries in general, just really taking advantage of women not being in tune with their bi- biology. And let's say a woman gets a headache. Maybe there is a message her body is trying to tell her and that's why she's getting the headache. But the first thing she does is she grabs an ibuprofen to just block her biology and numb, you know? But I think anytime something is expressed in the body, whether it's good or bad, our bodies are constantly telling us different things. I mean, you were describing the the menstrual cycle and all these things tied to hormones, but Beyond that, there's all these little signs our bodies are always giving us. For example, I was, yesterday I was feeling a little bit tired and run down and I was planning on going to a workout class and I'm like, wait, I'm not gonna go because I feel run down and I wanna listen to my body and I know my body's trying to communicate something to me. So I'm going Mm -hmm. to listen to my body and not listen to culture or bad things that are like, oh, well you should, hustle hard and work out and do all the things and no I listen to my body yeah I think that's tough because I think that is the messaging is that like you know even if you're tired you should be working out like even if you're like we but I think that's also the messaging that goes back to like I think it's two part it's like you have in order to be succeeding you have to be like driving your body into the, the ground and I think there's also the messaging that like our bodies are just inherently broken so the fact that like you want to work out but you're tired is just a fact of your body being broken or just like inherently not working the way it should be working kind of thing and yeah it's like looking to those signs in the body through a lens of intelligence versus scarcity or fear exactly i think you hit the nail on the head there is like you know being curious and not judgmental and i think something you had said as you were explaining that about like the whole when we're having symptoms it's you know the way that our body is communicating to us but i think what's happening in wellness culture is like people are creating like protocols and like whole coaching businesses around symptoms oh you have this thing like I have a protocol for that. So then it makes us have this fear around symptoms. And it also creates this belief that we should always be in good health. That if we are experiencing any, any sort of symptom that we are doing something wrong, that we're not, you know, that we're not healthy enough, that we're, I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever it's making you believe, but it's just having you fear these symptoms that are natural 
communication processes of the body. And instead of being like, oh, you know, this is probably has something to do with how I'm living my life currently. But instead, it's making us being like, oh, there's something wrong with the body versus there's something wrong with my environment or how I'm living my life. Right. Oh, my gosh, this is huge. And you you know the intimate details of my life because we're also <laughs> friends beyond uh, recording this podcast. But that is something I've struggled with so hard is the the fear of symptoms in my body and also trying to maintain this image of perfect health. I'm in health and wellness and I've overcome really hard things and I should be healthy and God forbid I have like a bad day or have some symptoms arise. There, w I've been busting and I'm still working through kind of busting the mindset of the I am flawed mindset and I'm just so glad that you even brought this up because I know that so many people listening probably feel the same way or have felt the same way. We're not meant to feel good 100% of the time. We're just not. And that's what it is. Like the human experience is such a multifaceted experience where we're su supposed to experience a range of emotions, a range of experiences, and not every day is meant to be perfect and when i realized this it, it really helps me kind of overcome my own anxieties about having to be perfect with my health and thinking i shouldn't be flawed because i have the knowledge you know oh yeah i struggle with that a lot too and i, and I think it, it then it goes back to like what are we seeing every single day like what are we intaking every single day and it's like it's because i feel like in the health and wellness this also ties back to toxic wellness but like I, I i feel like health is complex i'm not going to deny that but there are some things that are very basic that it's not like super rocket science right like you know we all know the foundations of health we know what those are however you can only make so much content online before you have to start upping it and then you have to start making it more fear-mongering you have to make it more dogmatic because you have to get that content that really attracts people. Like people aren't being attracted to, oh, you need to eat enough food. You probably should eat in a way that regulates your blood sugar most of the time. Like you should get good amount of sleep. You should get outside every single day. Like that kind of content does not get the likes and it does not, you know, really, I don't know, I guess it just doesn't attract business. So we need to continue to start to create this more, I guess, how I mentioned is content that's more like fear mongering content that's really like scaring you and putting you in this scarcity mindset. And so we're consuming this all the time. And there's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And then there's also the part of it of just being like, well, I know all of these things that these people are talking about and I'm still falling short. So I think it just, you know, it goes back to just like our environment and like what we're consuming and probably diversifying you know our feeds and the people that we hang out with because if we hang out only with people who have the, our same views we're not going to be able to think outside of that we're not going to challenge ourselves challenge ourselves with new beliefs we're not going and which i think too helps you know perpetuate that identity of like i i am healthy and health means xyz to me 
which, you know, for your case is probably like my, my identity is like, I just don't get sick because I have all of the information. I have all of the tools and this shouldn't happen to me. And I think, you know, if we're expanding on the people that are in our circle and who have different belief systems from us can really help challenge our beliefs and it can really help keep us humble and can help keep us curious instead of in this very rigid way of doing things. Mm-hmm. No, I I love that. And I have, you know, tons of friends in the health and wellness space, but I also have tons of friends that have a way different lifestyle than me or way different views than me. And I love them just the same, you know? And it's like, it's so fun being around I mean, everyone, like I I love being around my health and wellness friends, of course. I love being around my friends that love, quote unquote, non-health and wellness-y things. I love being exposed to different things going on in the world, different viewpoints, because health and wellness just can be a lot sometimes. And even with my health and wellness friends, I feel like a lot of them are on this, like you and I, we're on the same page of, whoa, like this stuff can be so much. Can we just talk about like, other things (laughs) so I'm glad that a lot of my health and wellness friends are also really aligned and realize that there is a desperately needed balance where we can't just talk about health and wellness and symptoms and the latest news you know all the time because that is just so exhausting yeah it really is and it's just there's so much more to life than like health and wellness or I guess what I should I should reframe that and say that there's so much more to health than just diet exercise and biohacking you know there's like joy pleasure community connection like how are you living your life like are you living it in some narrow scope of like it's these things and I'm I am being so rigid to be perfect about these things because I think that this is what makes me a healthy person or are you realizing that health is just, it's so much more. It is so encompassing of so many aspects of our life that like when we get super rigid about what it looks like, we miss out on those things. And I think some of those things really are like, when it comes down to it, it's like joy and pleasure because you can't have joy and pleasure when you're being super rigid and you're trying to be perfect. Like those things aren't part of, rigidity and perfectionism no i mean i've 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 seen it in my own my own experience it's not it's not worth going to the extreme where you're lacking joy in your life because guess what joy is probably the best medicine laughter arguably the next best medicine and if you're you don't if you're not experiencing joy if you're not laughing regularly but you're doing all these different biohacky things and I know I'm one to speak, like I am very much into this stuff, but I'm, I've realized the importance of, of keeping the joy. And, you know, I even mentioned that in my latest Substack article, which my content is all about non-toxic living, but I have to be so mindful about how I come across because I don't want to overwhelm. And that's, that's my mission statement is I'm on a mission to make non-toxic living easy inaccessible because it's a world where it's a small community I suppose where people are just caring about fear-mongering and their freaking social media numbers like that's the last thing I care about I don't care about that I went through hell and learned a lot and I just want to share that with the world and joy is huge yeah I 
I would say, and especially if we're speaking to like my clientele, it, it that's a profound statement too, and a very true statement for them because like, you know, they could be doing all of the things to restore energy availability and to restore, you know, their hormones and things of that nature. But if they still have a lot of negative thoughts about the things that they're doing, if they still have a lot of psychological stress attached to their body changing about some of the food that they're eating, about the amount of food that they're eating, about, you know, them not moving as much. Psychological stress can impact our hormone levels, can impact our overall health in general. I mean, I think at the root of all disease is is stress. And so yeah. if, if, we, if we're too stressed and we're trying to be too perfect, that's completely like, just defeating the purpose and so for our clients like psychological stress is huge for them like they can literally be doing all the things but if they have that stress factor and they're not enjoying the process at all then it can certainly keep their fertility at bay so yeah I, I can't no pun intended stress enough that uh <laughs> that joy is certainly a huge part of our health so good so good, Mishi. We could just keep talking. We can do around three, around four, <laughs> around five. Love, loved today's episode though about toxic wellness culture and learning the language of your body. Do you have any closing remarks before we wrap this up? Uh, I'd say, yeah. I think that like if you're ever feeling overwhelmed with what you're doing or what you're hearing or feeling like you're not doing enough, I think that's a good sign from your body to take a break, to slow down, and to remind yourself that like health isn't outside of you. There isn't something that you're missing because healing doesn't happen. Your doctor can't heal you. I can't heal you. Your practitioner can't heal you. The only person that can heal you is you. And so it is all within you. And so if you ever feel like you're consistently reaching outside of you, just always come back to yourself and remind yourself of like, what is distracting me right now? How can I be more still? How can I be more with myself? And also taking a survey of like your environment, how much input is coming in that's influencing how I'm feeling right now? And how can I, you know, at least take a break from that? Or how can I diversify that? Wow. Way to end. Way to end the show. Clip-worthy moment for sure. <laughs> and to the audience listening, I told you, Mishi is like the most inspirational, calming, best person ever. So <laughs> I love you, Mishi. This was incredible. Remind everyone where they can find you. I am most active on Instagram. I think Heidi, you'll probably link it. I feel like my Instagram name is like if you tried, it's Rose, but there's a dot and an underscore in there somewhere. So I'm most active on Instagram. And if you are dealing with a missing period or any sort of unexplained infertility issues, things of that nature, um, or if you just want to learn the language of your body, you want to learn how to start charting your cycle and things of that nature, you can work with me one-on-one -on -one or either Danny or Ashley. We're both, we're all three amazing, but that's at the HA Society. That's our Instagram. That's also our website is at the HA Society. Cool. Awesome. Thank you again. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, 
consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.